Jada G's debut album, Significant Changes, has a quality to it that's hard to place in one space and time. At times, it's Studio 54 at its peak, whilst at others, it's tackling some of the biggest issues of the present day. We're used to club tracks sampling snippets of old documentaries and classic films, whereas on Significant Changes, you'll find Jada using orca cries and quotes from climate scientists. Jada G sat down with Adam Corner, journalist and research director at Climate Outreach, to talk about the melding of her music career and her conservationist work and her series of talks engaging a new generation of music fans with the science behind the headlines. The next instalment of Jada's JMG Talks is scheduled for the 22nd of May at Giant Steps in Hackneywick. Tickets available via the Dice app. Remember to rate and subscribe to the Ninja Tune podcast wherever you get it. to the Ninja Tune podcast. This is Adam Corner and I'm a music writer, but I am also, and this will make more sense as the conversation moves on, a social science researcher. And my work is, is all to do with communicating climate change and, and the psychology behind that. And I'm really pleased to be speaking today with Jada G, who is about to release her debut album on Ninja Tune. Um, but Jada is also an environmental science researcher who's just wrapped up a master's on environmental toxicology. So we're going to come to some of that later in the conversation. But hi, Jada. If, would you mind by just starting by introducing yourself? Oh, well, hello. I'm Jada G. <laughs> yeah, you kind of did the intro there. I'm a DJ and music producer. Um, but I also have a background in, um, in the sciences. So I, like you said, just finished my master's in environmental toxicology last year. Um, it's funny, I actually have more, like, uh, more work experience in sciences than I do mm-hmm. as a DJ and music producer. <laughs> but doing sciences much longer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, it's kind of been about me and have the album that's coming out and yeah. all that. So yeah. Well, let's start with the album. So, okay. so, so significant changes. Um, your debut album, and and for any artist, a debut album is a big deal. Um, so, what's your what's your main emotion around it? Is it? Are you excited? Are you nervous? Oh, are you relieved? That's a good question. Um, I think uh, you know what. Actually, it's been such um, an extremely new process for me that I have literally just been taking it one day at a time because. You know, I'm so lucky I have such a good team around me to kind of help me through this process, but I'm really learning as I go, and it's been such, like, an extreme learning curve for me. So now that the actual album is coming out, I'm like, part of me is just like, well, what's going to happen now? Like, (laughs) but I think 
I, I'd say excitement is probably the overall emotion. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's gonna be cool. Yeah. And like a learning curve in terms of like how long it takes in addition yeah. to just creating the music or? Well, I know, you know what it is? It's, well, this is the first time I'm working with an actual record label. Mm -hmm. I've been doing everything myself. So like doing kind of like an album campaign, I've never done that before. I didn't know what it involved to be honest. Um, so that's been the learning curve. I'm like, oh, I have to do interviews and mm -hmm. talk to people about these things and oh, like take pictures and oh, okay. Like, you know, like things like that, that I'm just like taking, you know, with each event as it arises. So that's, yeah, it's been, yeah, learning a lot. More, <laughs> more, than, more than just the tracks. Yes. <laughs> that was the easy part, if anything. <laughs> Focusing on the actual material, mm -hmm. like for me, well, it's a bit, it's one of those words that gets used a lot in music journalism, timeless. But I, I, I feel like there's a kind of timeless quality to, to, to a wow, lot of your material. That's actually like a real compliment. Okay, that's I, good. <laughs> like, for me, insult. anyways. No, seriously, because like <laughs> that's something that I really look to towards like, you know, other albums where you just like those albums that you can always come back to and they're, and it's not just like, you know, it kind of bleeds over time. It works well, no matter where it is. So thank you. I, okay, that's I'll good. Take it. Well, it, well it, I think it's just because it didn't, it didn't immediately feel like you could kind of lock it, place it yeah. to, to, to the now, to yeah. a certain time, which I think would suggest it has, it kind of has fairly deep roots then mm. probably. So I, I don't know if you wanted to say something about what the, root, <laughs> the roots of, of this album or your style. Yeah. Uh, um, well, uh, if anyone has listened to my DJ sets, I really have a big love for disco um, and soul and R&B and funk and all those things. And those are things I grew up with. Um, it, so it's really, those are elements that I are really entrenched in my musical being, whatever that is. Um, so those are the kind of things that I try, that I'm influenced by. Um, and that I pull from when I try to make music, as well as obviously house and electronic mm -hmm. music, um, because I do have a huge love for that. So it's kind of like a blending of the two things together, and that's kind of what my music is, I guess.
album's got a really rich concept behind it, and I want to come to that in a second. Um, but but I guess also the sort of like the dominant feel again for me is 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 quite it feels quite uplifting, especially the vocal tracks um, with Alexa Dash. Um, the one track that stands out in that sense, like as not being of that kind of mood, is is like Missy. You know, it's what's up. It's more brooding. It's yes, more kind of moody. Definitely. So. I guess I just wondered if you had any any kind of thoughts on, on on like what explains that, or or even just the mood of the album. Like, did you is that what you were aiming for that mood, or does it just is that what came together through the the tracks as I you developed? I would say them? it's more that came together okay. through the tracks. Um, I think I, I didn't when making the album. I didn't have like an overall mood that I was trying uh-huh. to obtain. What I wanted to have is just produce an album that was a piece unto itself. That kind of took you through a journey, um, which I feel albums should do, um, as well as DJ sets. Like you know, you, with anything that is musical, you're still supposed to be taken out of your current state um, of like whatever you're doing and all the worries that you have, and kind of get entrenched in whatever you're listening to. And that's kind of what I was aiming for for the album. Um, and so yeah, like it, it, it kind of each. I really made actually the album for vinyl, mm-hmm. um, so each side of the vinyl kind of goes together with like the tracks on that side of the vinyl go together in unto itself, like a, a piece unto itself. So it kind of moves from like section to section, like mood to move, in like as you're you know going and flipping over the vinyl. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, that was mm-hmm. kind of like my idea for it um so yeah like so with missy knows what's up on the vinyl part like it goes with orca's reprise and those two songs kind of are both moody bit broody brooding um kind Mm -hmm. of tracks Mm -hmm. there's a bit of a more of a melancholy kind of feel to them and there's a bit darkness to it um so yeah that kind of goes together in that Mm -hmm. section Mm -hmm. from but yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. Actually. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just a kind of contra- <laughs> it, it, it stands out as a contrast to me versus like yeah, no, and it, it definitely too. is. It's a contrast for me as well. Like when I made the track, I was like, oh, that's heavy. Mm. <laughs> that's a heavy song. Huh? Interesting. Didn't mm-hmm. know I had that in me. <laughs> So you talked about, you mentioned another track, Orca's Reprise, mm-hmm. and um, this is something that you've spoken about quite a lot in, in interviews that you've done around this album, and it's clearly kind of a big impact on the way you've 
conceptualise the album and the titles of the songs and the theme that runs through it, um, which is your, your research, um, which is about human impacts on orcas yes. in, in Canada, right? You got it! Okay. Um, <laughs> in, in, and you're from um, British Columbia. Yes, yeah? I am. I'm from the west coast of Canada. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so just like broadly, what's the what's what's the relationship between your research, that that side of your life, and 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 this album? Because it's a, yeah. it's an unusual concept, and I, I think know. it's it's really rich and interesting. So I'd be I'm like, glad you do. Because it. it's so funny. Because you know, a lot of people have been asking about it, and it's funny because I find it very like kind of obvious because it's just for me, right? Like I made yeah. the album for myself in a lot of ways, right? Um, it was kind of like a, a therapeutic outlet in a way. Um, but so it's, I guess like, yeah, um, basically, so my work was basically looking at various chemicals and their um, health effects on mm -hmm. killer whales off the coast of Vancouver. Um, and I did that for many years. Um, and as I was making, like finishing up that degree, I was also making the album. And so as I finished the album, I kind of realized like there were a few of these snippets that were quite influenced by my thesis. And a lot of my work is actually influenced by, by my, a lot of my musical work is influenced by my scientific work. Just like in terms of, you know, the names I like to choose um, and little, um, kind of like, you know, clips that I use like to add into things um, and it's like here and there, you know, um, and I kind of like to pull from my scientific experiences throughout my life to kind of inform people about what I've done because a lot of people don't know about my scientific background and how that has been the majority of my life. Like. Um, like there, there was no plan to become a musician or a DJ or anything like that. So with Orca's Reprise, um, there it starts off with um, killer whale sounds, and it's a kind of like sad, sad song I think, um, and, and it kind of speaks to I think the like how depressing like a lot of like the things that I learned about um, working uh, on that project with the killer whales is you know there's not many. Um, of the uh, individuals left, they're endangered species, um, and they're they're heavily heavily affected by various activities that um, that's happening on the west coast, mm -hmm. and so it kind of speaks to that. And um, and then the second track, uh, Missy knows what's up, has a voice clip um, from a woman. Her name's Misty McDuffie, and, uh, she works for, uh, the Rain Coast Conservation, um, Foundation, I believe that's the full name, and, uh, it speaks to, so, yeah, it speaks to this court case, actually, that happened back in 2010, um, and what happened is there were, uh, about, I think it was eight or nine environmental groups that band together um, and sued the Canadian government for not upholding their end of the Species Act at Risk Act, um, which is a piece of legislation in Canada that protects 
um, species when they are endangered. So it's the federal government's job to show the public how they're going to save these animals, like what kind of plans, um, implementations, etc., that they're going to be doing to help these animals. And so um, these environmental groups sue the government because they believe they that the government wasn't upholding their end of this act when it comes to the killer whales. Um, and they won, actually. They, they won that uh, lawsuit. And so um, the government then had to put together a proposal to basically show the public how they were going to do this, um, show that they were helping the killer whales. And in that proposal, it says like, you know, um, because obviously one of the big things they proposed is to do more research. Mm -hmm. So they're like, oh, we will, you know, have like one master's student help with the research and that will help their science like their master's degree etc etc and I'm that master's student so it was a song like and a voice clip that really talked directly for the reasoning of why I got my master's in the first place So, so do you see yourself as that as a kind of bridge outwards to talk to people or your music or your role in electronic music? I or, think like, I would, you know, it's kind of something that's developed over time. Um, it started off more like, okay, I have two loves in my life. I have science and I have music. And wouldn't it be just great if they all came together in one job? Um, so that was like the initial like trajectory. Um, but also, you know, I really do like you guys have like a really strong social conscience mm -hmm. that need, I feel like we need to uphold that we do need to bridge the gap. Like working in an academia for so long, you learn that basically you're in this kind of insular little community where you know so many things. Like you're talking to other scientists that are working on this and working on that and everyone's talking to each other. and nobody outside of that world knows what's going on like there's people who don't even know what the IPCC report is you know like so it's um, and for people who don't know what that is that's basically this big report that um, tells uh, what the predictions are for climate change and it's a very very impactful piece um, uh, impactful report um, especially in the scientific community mm. and so um, yeah so I've from even when I was like in uh, doing my undergrad degree, I really believed that we needed to figure out a way to bridge exactly, bridge mm -hmm. that gap between the scientific academic world and the public. Because mm -hmm. it is a huge gap. Like there's things that people find out that the re rest of the world doesn't know to like, 
ten years later. It just it just sits there in in like dusty journals oh, yeah. a lot of the time. Totally. And, I, and I think it's not it's not necessarily that the the, the the academics or the the researchers don't want it to get out there. It's just like no, there isn't I, that kind of pathway well, to do it. Well, a lot it's also of the time. well, it's uh, academia is a dinosaur of a world. Um, so the way things go are just haven't kept up to speed with how our world works in terms of immediacy of things and how instant everything is. Like that world does not work that way at all. Um, so that's, that, I think that's actually a huge issue, um, part of it. So yeah, so I guess with my music and stuff, I think with the music, it really is more to do with, these are my experiences mm -hmm. as, um, you know, like a lot of artists, they draw from their experiences mm -hmm. to do their work. Mm -hmm. And that's really all I'm doing is more, Drawing from my experiences as a DJ, as um, a person of color, as a woman, and as a scientist, and using all those kind of, kind of to produce, produce a piece of work that speaks well for me, and hopefully that infuses other people to that inspires them to kind of like believe in themselves and be genuine and go off to do whatever mm. they want to do. Um, and yeah, and so that's like I think the actual album, uh, in terms of the album, what I'm trying to do. Um, but then into, there's also these talks that I started doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I started these talks. It's called JMG Talks, and um, I really noticed, um, and obviously you guys probably noticed this as well. There's a real lack of um, having a personalized heart to academia. It's so dry. It's so, um, can be quite boring. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, and especially when you read in like the newspapers or something about any scientific research, very rarely you learn about the actual person behind the research. And unless they're like super famous, like if you're like Neil deGrasse Tyson or like David Attenborough, you know, like that's only, until you're like at that point, that's the only point when people actually know who yeah. the person is behind these things. Um, and so that's basically all the talks is, is giving a platform to young scientists and learning about their work in a more personal, digestible, engaging manner. And people want to people wanna hear it as well. They do. They really want to hear like, it. Like, we did the first talks last month and I was so nervous because, like, you know, it's like throwing a birthday party and you don't know if anyone's going to show up. <laughs> and so I threw, you know, did the event and people showed up. And people asked questions yeah. and people engaged and they were interested and I was so happy like it was like beside myself like that's actually something that has given me so much um, love and life and rejuvenation is doing yeah. those talks because it really I was like oh my gosh people do care and because I care you know like I care so much about these things and to see that that caring um, kind of essence being translated through the talks and getting that mirrored back, mirrored back to you is just, it's so gratifying and validating yeah. and yeah. I mean I think it's its exactly the right approach to take with that stuff as well, like you mentioned the IPCC, the yeah. UN science body <laughs> that, that summarises all the climate science and, and we, 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 we put together a report for them which was like a communications handbook mm. and basically the key message was exactly that, it was like tell a human story, show the human faces yes. behind the science. People exactly. want to know who you are, you know, like, 
your lives, the things you're doing, it, it just brings it to life. Exactly, um, because it infuses empathy. And only through empathy will people start actually caring about what's going on around in the world around them. Kind of people came to the events actually in your world. I mean, yeah. so you're making a bit of a guess maybe, but but were they no, there because I'm... they wanted to see the you know you as a as a musician and mm -hmm. artist, or, or was it more about the like the topics that you well, were you know, talking about? I was nervous about that. That I was like, oh, am I just going to get a lot of fans who just like want to talk about the music the yeah. whole time? But I think we, me and my team, we worked really hard in communicating exactly what this was about, so that when people showed up, they really were open and curious. Like I get like I get so excited about it. It's so cool. So we had such a wide array of people show up to these events. Like it was so cool. Um, sorry, I get like really nerdy with these things. But um, like we had people, we had musicians, we had DJs who like people who work in the music industry. We had um, people who were just fans of me who heard about the talks yeah. and just are you know came and wanted to support um, we had people because we were in um, uh, the talks were held in London and so we had an article written about the talks in Time Out magazine uh -huh. so people came from just reading the article from Time Out and um, and then we, we had scientists there like, it was so funny halfway through the talk like we were doing the question period and Someone asked like a really nerdy like question about the data and like the person who um, I was interviewing, she like got on the mic, she's like, are you a scientist? Cause like only a scientist yeah. would ask that kind of question. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like we had people also from the scientific community showing up, which was so cool. I didn't expect that at all actually. Um, and so, yeah, I would say, and people, because you had people from a wide array of backgrounds, you got a wide array of questions. Mm -hmm. So you had, like, it was just such a diverse kind of way of looking at the research that we were investigating. And then, yeah, and you get you get beyond the usual suspects a bit as well, oh, right? which totally. is amazing because another big challenge, I think. It's yeah. like, you know, just how do you, how do you reach out beyond the people that already kind of know about this stuff exactly. and care almost as much as they can care? Yeah. And you can't keep telling those people again and again. Exactly. Um, but there's loads of other people. I mean, I think the fact that the fact that those events have gone so well, the fact that it feels like in a lot of the interviews that you've done, people have been interested to talk about it, yeah. you know, and to lead on it in, 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 in what they've written up. It kind of suggests that people do want a space Yeah, this, they you know? do. I think they really do. And it's really... Um, 
yeah, it, it, it really just speaks to, I think also people are ready for this, you know, like they're, they're ready to learn because now it, it, we're at a point with our climate that like we have to, we have to pay attention. Something I often think is that it's, 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 I mean, I think it's hard for artists to kind of credibly engage with like in serious topics anyway, because it's just quite fraught with, with danger, you know, in some senses that people, either people don't want to hear it or, or it, or it can come across as contrived, totally. all kinds of things. Um, so there's those risks, whatever the issue is, mm -hmm. but it feels like with something like climate change, it's even harder again because it's kind of I don't know because it's so abstract and so kind yeah. of all-encompassing yeah. and one like so whereas maybe you know something like Black Lives Matter or like Me Too kind of campaign mm -hmm. it's it that artists feel more able to get behind campaigns like that do you think that's true that it's harder for, for kind of for artists to, 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 to get behind climate change compared to other like re also crucial yeah, social, ethical, environmental totally. issues. You know, I think it is exactly, yeah, I do agree. I think it's easier to get behind, think like those kind of moves like Black Lives Matter, Me Too, etc. Because people have an immediate gut feeling towards it. You know, like as a woman, you can identify like so many things that have happened to you in your lifetime that you've experienced that are not really that great just because you're a woman. Um, and when it comes to climate change, people unfortunately will start having that gut reaction of having certain issues happening to them, happening to their families, where they're like, oh my gosh, this is, is climate change. Like, even London, like I was in London last month and it was February and everyone yeah. tells me that it's supposed to be horrible here in February and it was 20 degrees and sunny, which is, you know, initially like that's awesome in your head, but that's not normal, right? And those are like a direct effect of like, this is, this is the repercussions of climate change, you know, that we're all experiencing right now. And so that's why I think when I said people are ready for it, mm. because people are starting to have that initial gut reaction to a, a, a feeling towards this issue. And, um, and I think also it, it's, that's also I'm trying to create exactly. that feeling yeah. as well by showcasing someone who really cares about it. Like the second speaker who uh, came to the talks, her name was Lindsay Vesey, and she lives in um, Hawaii. And so, and she works uh, um, uh, in marine biology and oceanography and all that stuff. So she really see, like that's the whole thing with talking to scientists. They really see 
what's happening like on a very like detailed level and they have so they have that urgency and that gut reaction of what's happening so then it can translate you know because they're able to actually speak from their experiences and tell their story of like yeah like when i'm out here i'm seeing these you know let's say like coral reefs that are being bleached that weren't bleached before like things like that that they can actually tell their story and then people can take that back digest it and understand things better of what's happening yeah and i think i think you're totally right that what you're doing and what often i feel like i'm doing with the work that we do is you're trying to you're trying to create that that gut feeling mm -hmm. that, that emotional like values based response to this exactly. issue that for, like for too long has been abstract and distant mm -hmm. and, and ideally we we want we, we want people to feel that like before you know these they they really getting hit by these impacts because exactly. at that point like it's yeah. getting a bit late. Um. <laughs> it is late. One thing that I've, I've genuinely been really excited and inspired by recently is the school strikes. Oh, I know, right? Sorry, I'm again really <laughs> nerdy about these things. I think it's fantastic. It's so, oh, I, like I'm so proud. It just like makes me so hopeful yeah. for like the new generation that's coming up because they are really taking matters into their own hands. They care, you know? They have that inherent feeling that we're talking about that they're like hey this is our home and you're screwing it up for us you know anyway sorry i could go on yeah well no i mean i think it, i think it does it does give it does have a different i don't know it feels like it has a really different feeling around it um compared to maybe other climate change yeah. protests and demonstrations um it's something about the fact that they're they're young and it's so you know so much kind of injustice that they're having to ring this alarm when we should be um yeah. but i think it's just something i don't know something in the like the, the conviction and the passion um totally. that, that really kind of marks it out it's like it's, it's almost so, so spontaneous almost totally i don't know if you like i've been listening to like um you know interviews and and you know takes on what's happened they're so these kids are so like eloquent in the mm. way that they're speaking mm. that's the part that i'm just like yo this is like you should be paying attention to them. Like, this is no small matter, you know, and it really isn't in the big scheme of things anyways, but the fact that the kids are actually getting behind this, it's, it's so invigorating, important, and uh, 
I hope politicians actually listen to them. So yeah, they seem they seem to be listening more to yeah. the school strikes than they have for a long time. I yeah. think to other protesters. <laughs> Um, I suppose it's like what what's what's next for you. So obviously you've got like the albums coming out. Um, <laughs> that's going to be a, a blitz of kind of attention and, yeah. and, and, and publicity. Um, but you're you're you you're in you're in London at the moment, but you're based in Berlin yes. most of the yeah, time. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of staying there and working from there um, for the next steps, or you don't know. <laughs> well, I'd like to think that that I'm staying in Berlin and working there, but honestly, because I'm a DJ, I tour constantly and so now like I already did like this was before the album and I already did 80 shows last year so mm. like you can imagine what you know is in front of me for this year um there's already more shows coming in and I'm having to take on a lot more work than I kind of mentally anticipated which is a great problem to have mm. um but yeah so the idea is yeah I would love to be home and be chilling and you know, be working on things, but it's going to be a lot of traveling. I think. So it's mostly it's more on the on the teaching. It is because that is definitely like that's you know that's what I've been doing yeah. in terms of like promoting this album or promoting myself in general is been doing like I start off teaching, um, and so yeah, a lot of DJ gigs, um, but still always making music. I like making it, it. Making music is a very therapeutic process for me. So it's something that like, I feel like I need to do or else it, it, it I don't feel well. <laughs> so like, even like, like I, you know, I had a really intense February where a lot of al album campaigns mm. where things were happening. And I came back home to Berlin and I was like, I need to go in the studio or else like my brain is going to blow up or something, you know, like it's really, so that's always something I'm trying to do um, because it just makes me happy. And have you got more, are there more environmental science talks yes. scheduled as well? Great. Oh okay. my gosh, you kidding me? Yeah. Like I really believe in it. And, and it's I've, been working as well. And it's, it's been, been working. And I've been wanting to do it for so long. This is something I've been wanting to do like years ago. And so, um, and finally I have a platform where yeah. I can use that for for these talks. Um, and so, and that's the tagline. It's just like engaging a musical audience in science. Yeah. 
Um, and giving and these young young scientists a, a platform, a platform as well, too. You know, like that's actually been really cool. Is talking to the people who I've been interviewing, and they're like, "This is so cool," because they also get to speak about their work in a different way. Because like. When you're in sciences and you're going to like these conferences to share your work, it's incredibly nerve-wracking because mm -hmm. you're speaking to a lot of other scientists, a lot of them a lot older than you. Yeah, and they want to, and they want to, they want to pick it to pieces and oh yeah, not ask like interesting questions, ask no, no. questions that are going to trip you up. Exactly, <laughs> and so it's a, it's it's nerve-wracking and intense. So for these scientists to come on a platform and talk about their work where that isn't the premise, you know, that you're going to get grilled at the end. Yeah. You know, that this is something where we all are just ha trying to have a conversation and learn something and walk away, um, you know, having a better understanding of what's happening in our world. It, 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 it invigorates them as well. Um, so yeah, so the next talks uh, I think is for May, May 22nd, again here in London. Um, so I'm really excited for that. That one's going to be really interesting. It's um, a uh, another young scientist and he's doing his PhD work with wetlands mm -hmm. and using wetlands as a reclamation project. So what, and this is something that is done in um, has been researched before is where you use um, wetlands basically to clean contaminated water. So it's using a, a natural environmental ecosystem mm. to kind of help clean up our screw ups. <laughs> so, Thanks, yeah. nature. Yeah. Us out <laughs> right? Always. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I think I think they they sound great. We should we should we should do one together. Oh, I would love that. That'd be so fun. <laughs> um, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really good to speak to you. Oh and my yeah, keep fighting the good fight. Oh, thank you, and likewise. <laughs>